Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. Recently, I asked Mint Mobile's legal team if big wireless companies are allowed to raise prices due to inflation. They said yes. And then when I asked if raising prices technically violates those onerous two-year contracts, they said, what the f*** are you talking about, you insane Hollywood ass. So to recap, we're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows full terms at mintmobile.com. Want to get a chiseled look in the jawline? Sculpt and shape your jawline with added volume from Juvederm Volux XC. Juvederm Volux XC is an injectable gel specifically designed to be robust enough to improve moderate to severe loss of jawline definition. And it is the first and only hyaluronic acid filler approved for the jawline. Add volume to your jawline for a chiseled look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. I knew that there was going to be like, I could, I could look at you and if you were hot, I'm going to say it. If you were hot, oh, you probably don't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> if you look now, now, now there are some men that I'm like, you know what? I can settle, but you cough a couple times too many for me and you're out of here. You know, <laughs> wait, what so if, were, what if were, a really <laughs> hot guy, what if a really hot guy coughs? Hot men don't cough. He has allergies. He has allergies. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> Welcome back to That's a Gay-Ass Podcast, the podcast where we ask, whose fault is it that you're gay? My name is Eric Williams. I'm your host. And this week is a good week with Alex English, an incredible stand-up comedian. But I have to say that things have been interesting. If you've been listening to the podcast uh, in recent weeks, you know that I'm on a SSRI by the name of Zoloft. Yes, I'm a Zoloft baby. And... I don't know, everyone, I'm three weeks in, and I wish I could be like, and I feel so much different, but I don't. I think I feel like I'm constantly questioning, like, if anything goes wrong, I'm like, what? These pills aren't working. Which I'm realizing, pills don't fix your life. Well, these types of pills don't fix everything, but I'm sure if I were to take hard drugs, it would feel like it's fixing something, but that's not really what I'm into right now. Um... So all this to say, I am, I've heard that it can take like six weeks for these pills to really start to see a difference. So let me know if you, if you are on an SSRI like this and if it did take a while, cause I'm curious, I'm curious what's going to happen and if this is the right one for me. Um, I will also say that you heard last week, I've been watching the circle a lot on Netflix. Well, I just confirmed one of the stars of season two for that's a gay ass podcast. So you better tune in because it's one of my favorite people on that show. And I did not think I was going to hear back from them, but I did. And the interview is, uh, 
uh, in six days from now. Oh, I can't wait, my friends. This week on the podcast, we have Alex English. He is a stand-up comedian, actor, and writer. He is New York-based, but he's uh, toured all around the country performing. You've also seen him on television on The Fix with Jimmy Carr on Netflix. He was a writer for The Rundown with Robin Feed on BET. And he has a Comedy Central special out right now that is produced by Alana Glazer. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It is so fucking funny. And he also can be seen in the upcoming Michael Che sketch show on HBO Max. It's called That Damn Michael Che. So he has a lot of excitement going on. And I truly had such a good time speaking with him we go into comparing notes about being from the midwest what it means to visit back home versus living in new york city and just about feeling othered when you go back to your uh, hometown community it's a funny conversation but also i really felt uh, seen and understood and, and really appreciate that alex came on to chat make sure you follow him at alex english but the ink the e in english is uh spelled with a three so it's at alex and then three N-G-L-I-S-H That's on all social media And do me a favor And subscribe to the podcast If you like this Leave us a five-star review And please Let me know If you have any other guests You want to see Upcoming Because I'm always happy To to hear input Enjoy this episode My friends It's with me, my roommate. Every time I have something to do on Zoom, my roommate, something, a signal, I think he gets a signal sent to his phone that he has to start playing his music in the kitchen. So if you hear any music in the background, I apologize. Do not worry. It'll, not be, it'll be ambiance. What, what sort of music does your roommate usually play? There are days where he's like on point. I'm like, okay, I don't mind that this is like blaring. <laughs> but then there are others where I'm like, am I eating my lunch at a forever 21, <laughs> you know, I'm like, sometimes I just, and we have, and in our apartment, the speakers are like, you can, you can uh, Bluetooth your phone through the speakers mm-hmm. in the ceiling. We have that great tech. Obviously I live in a gentrified building, of course. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. So some, it's a lot of, you know, throwback Christina Aguilera. Hey, I'm not mad at that at all. That bit of- Yeah. But I mean, I'm eating oatmeal. You know, I, you don't want to be looking. You don't want to blare dirty while you're eating your oatmeal and blueberries. I'm not. I'm not, I'm not shopping for a screen printed hoodie. You know, for twenty two bucks. You know what? It's a very yeah. vivid image in my head of a Forever Twenty One soundtrack, <laughs> and you took me there, and I'm glad to have been taken on that journey. Uh, fast fashion. Yes, fast fashion. I'm truly like almost nostalgic for spent like killing an hour in a Forever Twenty One. I don't know why, but always like you can you can kill an, one can kill an hour. Which, if one can kill an hour in Forever 21, you really have to ask a lot of questions about said person. <laughs> and, and I don't want <laughs> the answers. I don't the want first, the answers. The first being, what are you going through? <laughs> <laughs> what are you going through? And like, what is so important? You can't just go to your destination. And at the, a, lot, a lot of time, you have to spend an hour in a grade B level department store. Oh, well, <laughs> devastating. Um, I have to say, Alex English, the fact that you're on That's a Gayest podcast is truly a good day. I, I, I love your comedy. I think you're so fucking funny. And it's just, Thank you. it is a true pleasure to have you on. How are you doing? I'm doing cool. I'm chilling. You know, I've been in this, um, this weird, uh, 
like middle area of like the time I've been existing rather for the past few months in this uh, zone of I did some shit and now I'm waiting on the shit to come out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so like stand up stuff is coming out and other things that I partook in, you know, blessed, blessed that I was blessed with um, during the pandemic, um, you know, to be able to be a part of is coming out and it belong it'll it'll belong to the world, you know, and uh people get to see what's going on with me and they get to a direct way to shout at me about some joke that I made. Yes, but that was the, <laughs> the anticipation of just like sitting and waiting. I mean putting it out there. Yes, I have to say mm-hmm. I've been watching so much of your stuff and I just there's it's not only like so fresh because it's very good pandemic stuff that's like feels so real, but also you say things I find that like a lot of us are thinking but don't aren't saying. Like I was I was watching your stand up that's the um uh special on Comedy Central right now that is all about uh covid testing and like you get it so often like when does it become a kink um i just i find that it's it's so personal to me because i am one of those people that was i mean i think i went to a covid testing site 40 40 plus times in the past because anytime i felt anything i was just like that i need to make sure i'm not killing all those around me um was it were you getting tested frequently because of like traveling for shows and work or was it like what, what was your brand of why you were often getting tested all the time well um I think there were there's a, there's a list of things for me. Yes, it was. Um, it's not just one thing. It's like I was working on productions and like working on things outside. You know, so we were required to take two to three tests and maybe one more before you arrive. You know, so you know that was one one part of it. But you know, my friends and I, we we were we were seeing one another. We had I had I would say we had like a bubble. There was a very strict bubble of of like a few of us that. But we were we were getting tested, you know, so we were constantly like, hey, if you want to come through, just like go grab a test and let me know. We would do it, send send a screenshot of the results to one another. Everybody's <laughs> in the clear. So we were doing that. I think Number that's three, really smart. Yeah. Yeah. And then we so we were we were trying to be as responsible as we could. We were wearing our masks when we would go places outside, you know, when we were indoors, we would we weren't really doing too much physical distancing and you know, at the, at the apartment hangs, Mm -hmm. but you know, we're home and no one's, no one's wilding. I mean, you know, if any, if anything, my behavior put a couple, could have put people at risk. I'll admit, you know, because the third thing of the reason why I was getting tested so frequently that I made sure I did was because I was hooking up during the pandemic. Mm -hmm. So I know there was a lot of conversation I was engaging, not frequent, not very, it was very like touch and go, mm. literally and figuratively <laughs> also, like touch and go, but nothing like uh, the, the number, the body count didn't, didn't surpass three. Oh, I mean, didn't surpass listen, three. you weren't the village bicycle. <laughs> you weren't just constantly. <laughs> I think it's actually going to be very interesting when we look back on this. Well, time. I would, I would never bicycle in New York city. Hello. First of all, oh so that's it. <laughs> I have to tell you, I would never bicycle until this last summer, a year ago when the pandemic was just like, so full force, I didn't want to ride the subway. I would ride my bike to Brooklyn from Queens. I live in Astoria and I, I mean, I hated it every single time, but it was like the only way for me to see a different three block radius and i um give people credit who can do it but also i don't think anyone should <laughs> yeah i don't give credit to people who can do it too because i'm like you're you're put, 
you're risking your life, you know? And I, you know, this is it's surprising to me that people have not been bikes in New York city combined with the traffic of the cars. It's it's pure anxiety. And it's the potential for the potential for your life. I, yeah, I, I want no parts. Here's the thing. I do I think no there's, there should be like, there should be like a, a license given out for people. I find that like I, two of my closest friends are really great bike riders. Like one of them is like, we'll, you know, ride upstate and across the country. And I find like that's like the NFL of biking. I feel like those, like if, if there was like 50 of those people biking around, I feel like I'd feel okay. The problem is, is the 10,000 people who just started biking yesterday. They got a used bike from the corner shop because they were bored. And then meanwhile, I'm the one getting my leg chopped off on the street. I think there's like, it's, (laughs) I think there's different classes of bike riders. Absolutely. And there are also different classes of uh, uh, automobile drivers. Most of which don't know how to, you know, cohabitate on the road. Also, I think riders. every city has a different <laughs> form of bad driving. Like I, my in-laws are in yeah. Atlanta. There's a different form there. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. There's a different like slowness there in, in LA. West. Yeah. yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it's all of it. It's different brand, but all, all different brands are scary. However, I'm, I, I think it's interesting when we look back on this time of like how we were acting and, and what, and how we were taking care of ourselves. And I think like what it sounds like you did was like, of course, raising a risk a bit, but doing it in a way that's like, you're feeling safe. You're like, uh, you're able to sit in an apartment after getting tested and not be nervous the entire time. Like what was it when you would, the few times that you would hook up with people during the past year, was it, were you able to feel like you were able to enjoy it? Was a part of your head just kind of nervous the entire time based on COVID stuff? Or were you able to kind of compartmentalize? Hmm. I felt like no. I wasn't I wasn't nervous. I just I was just horny. You know, <laughs> when you're when you're horny when you're horny, nervousness kind of goes out the door. Sure you're thinking about it, but I mean being being real with ourselves, our sex is potentially risky. So <laughs> it's pretty risky enough. So if I wasn't worried about one thing and you know, I wasn't gonna be worried about the other thing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And that and maybe and that's my dumb youth still that I think I still you know, I'm still maybe I should be more responsible. I can only be honest. And um there were I mean I guess, you know, I would I would say also, you know, Eric, the my type, there is none. So, <laughs> you know, I knew that there was going to be like I could I could look at you and if you were hot, I'm gonna say it. If you were hot, oh, you probably don't have COVID. <laughs> <laughs> If you look now, now, now there are some men that I'm like, you know what? I can settle, but you cough a couple times too many for me and you're out of here. You know, <laughs> wait, what so if, were, what if were, a really hot guy, what if a really hot guy coughs? Hot men don't cough. He has allergies. He has allergies. It's fine. I get allergies. <laughs> yeah. Hot, hot, hot people don't get sick. So that, that was the logic. That's what I, that was the logic that I was going for during my sexual escapades. I'm not saying it's right. Feel free to critique anybody who <laughs> listens. Please, please. I, I welcome the dialogue. It's a new level of pretty <laughs> privilege. It's the, it's the pretty. <laughs> I am. Um, I listen. We've, uh, I would, I would, I would be a phony to sit here and say that I don't believe that I benefit from any sort of pretty privilege, but I do consume. <laughs> I'm a consumer. I'm a consumer of the pretty, you know? Oh my God. As am I. I love a pretty man. I truly do. You know, there's nothing wrong, nothing wrong with it at all. You know, 
Do you have, so you don't, it's very enticing. You don't have a, you don't have a specific type. So you're equal opportunity. Were you didn't very much. So. What was the range of person you were hooking up with in the past year? Like, was it, were, were the few, the, the body counts, were they, were they ranging in a uh, type or did you end up gravitating towards a, a, a singular type? No, never really had. There was a time, there was a time when I was younger where I, older men, older men, for some reason, that was where a lot of my attention came from, you know, which, you know, could have been met with some controversy at a particular age. Uh-huh. But, you know, I have this, there's this relationship I do have on Facebook with a gentleman who used to ask me if, when, if I were 18 yet. And it was like a discussion. He was much older than I, and I was, but it was never, I mean, of course it was predatory behavior, but I didn't like, I didn't let it go past the conversation. Mm. So it never felt real to me or it never felt, I never felt violated by it, I guess. Yeah. That's not, I, I, didn't, I didn't feel violated. I just, those was just a very funny thing to ask me. <laughs> and literally on Facebook, every birthday, this is back home in Detroit, every birthday on Facebook, he wishes me a happy birthday. And even past the age of 21, he's like, are you 18 yet? Oh. And I'm like, this guy's great. <laughs> <laughs> he has a bit. He has a bit predator, but funny as hell. That's funny to just continuously ask the same young man you've known since he was 16 that you've seen on Facebook since he was 16. Are you 18 yet? You know what? A, pre- Brilliant. a predator I, with a sense of humor. I couldn't write a better character than that. I mean, truly, you can't write that predator with a with a tight with a, a recurring bit annually. I mean, predator with a sense of humor. I mean, would. How can you be mad at that dude? You can't be mad at him. You know, you can't be mad because he actually didn't break any laws in terms of meeting. He was he just talked. Now, I, I don't know what else he was doing when he wasn't chit-chatting with mm. me on Facebook. But Well, listen, I find that like as like a young, horny gay person, I think it like it's hard to know how to act in a way that is socially responsible. That being said, I'm going to admit something that I don't think I told many people at all in my entire life. So exclusive. I when oh, wow. I, Look at what I did. Then you're welcome, audience. Hello. You're welcome. Alex English welcome. is like, I just, your energy makes me feel safe and wanting to say I come things. here with the, with the exclusive. <laughs> <laughs> Watch Us Weekly do a full article. Watch out. Eat your heart out, Robin Roberts. <laughs> oh, God, Robin, we love. Um, She's getting ready to host Jeopardy. She's one of the new... Uh, guest host for Jeopardy soon, so she, LeVar Burton, and there's some other dude, but I don't remember, but yeah, LeVar, we got what we wanted out of LeVar Burton, so congratulations. I to did him see LeVar Burton. And Robin Roberts. Okay, I think between Le- Le- between the two, who do you think is going to have a better chance of becoming a full-time? Not that either of them, well, actually... Robin Roberts is already a host right. of Good Morning America, so that's, you know, I think that's a pretty... Robin's that's a, that's a very... She's, she's just a tough, that's a tough gig to, like, have a second, to need to have a second job, I would say. Um, LeVar Burton, you know, he was very active in the campaign, the online campaign that, you know, he didn't start it, but he was very, he participated in it and he, you know, he, he made sure it was promoted. Mm-hmm. So I'd say he doesn't have much to do. So <laughs> <laughs> this schedule was open between the not two, to, not to diminish his, not to, not to diminish he as an individual. Cause I do believe he'd be fantastic to get that job. So, oh. um, I'd say I'd say LeVar is a clear front runner. Probably. If we're, if we're I, talking I think I'm excited to see. It feels like it needs its own reality show of like people of Jeopardy hosts going through uh <laughs> going through competition to see who could be best. Um that being said though, the the, the exclusive I have is that when I was younger, I well, I feel like many people, I think gay or straight, would of course go into different chat 
rooms, whether it was a chat roulette, whether it was a gay themed website. Um, I literally would go into Yahoo sports rooms where they would play pool online. And there was a pool room on Yahoo called Moby Dick. And that was a euphemism for gay men. And we would, I would literally flirt with gay men in a pool session. I don't think I've ever told my brother and I would play together all the time on two different computers. And he never knew the whole time. I was just like chatting with 45 year old men in Topeka. That being said, (laughs) I, when I was later in high school, so not horribly young, I would go into a chat room and I would definitely sometimes talk on the phone with men across the country and just tell them I was of age and I 100% was not. I was I was catfishing as a teenage young person, like chatting on the phone. I was like, yeah, I'm 23. Meanwhile, I was probably like 17. And Chris Hansen's behind you <laughs> telling you what to say next. <laughs> Truly, I'm being coached. This is, I mean... Uh, yeah, I'm not proud of it, but also I think it was l- no harm in terms of I, I, no one was caught and I didn't and I didn't get anyone in trouble. But I think like in hindsight, I think that is I put those people in not a great position. Well, truly, those conversations could be used as potential evidence. You know, <laughs> that could be like that is that there is there is another side to this where you know we can talk about it, we can joke about it, but the seriousness of it is that <laughs> where there's smoke, there's fire, and then if this if said person is accused of something actually, then there's a backlog that exists in the ether. The, but to their that, credit, uh, to my predator's that, credit, they do engage in conversation. <laughs> well, to my to least. my predator's credit, they did not. They did not think I was like they. It wasn't that they were hoping I was underage. They were fully thinking I was of age. So I that you were not. That you were not absolutely right. Yeah. So I think, but like yours is a different story because the person like kept being like, "Are you of age?" There was there was it went from anticipation to realization. But again, through humor. So what can you do? Can you be mad at him? You can't be mad at him because oh, I'm man. laughing every birthday. <laughs> I'm laughing every single birthday. It's the gift that keeps um, on giving. But but I would like to, I would like to, this is the, the, the story of that man is going to end on a sad note because uh, I learned that he went blind. He's going blind. <laughs> so, oh my God. <laughs> so the law didn't catch up to him, but the universe did. <laughs> This we need a we need a full film that is just this person's life. That's called. I'm writing it. Oh, okay. no. <laughs> you know what? Alex English is on top of it. I'm I'm workshopping it with him. Actually, we're we're in talks. We're, we're, in talks we're shopping. You're shopping out the deal. Okay, what street? Tyler Perry and Lee Daniels. <laughs> um, they're in competition with me right now. So be on the lookout. Is Tyler Perry going to play the titular character of the funny predator? You know he is. You know he's going to be in drag. <laughs> We're going to change the gender. It's going to be an older... At this, point, at this point, Tyler Perry dressed as a man, as a male, cis male, that's... That is drag for him <laughs> <laughs> at this point. It's done a full. It's done a full three sixty of now just Tyler Perry it, as Tyler Perry is drag. Tyler's the only man in the planet where if he's not in a wig, he's in drag. <laughs> <laughs> well, I did see that Tyler did get that. What was it? A lifetime achievement or some big award for helping the industry in Atlanta. So you know, Tyler, thank you for those jobs. I and he put he put up he put up um, Meghan Markle, Princess Meghan. And um and oh Duchess Duchess Meghan and uh, Prince Harry when they came and immigrated you know came and came back yo Tyler Perry is out here housing immigrants hello he's in the modern day Ellis <laughs> Island it's Tyler Perry's compound 
Oh my god! Yeah. Well, a true a true philanthropist helping this the most at need, Meghan Markle and, and Prince Harry. Um, so you're from Detroit, Michigan. I am from okay. St. Louis, Missouri. So we kind of have a midwestern thing in common there. Um, do you find that you have sort of like well, do you have the Midwestern sensibility coupled with the New York experience, or do you feel like you're pretty New York now? I feel like there has always been a little New York within me, even as, even though, like, as coming, coming from Detroit and coming to New York wasn't difficult. The transition for me to live in Detroit, me living in Detroit absolutely cultivated and created and molded a person in me that could survive here. Mm. So it was not, I mean, sure, everything's 10 times the speed, but, you know, Detroit, there's always this very hustler sort of, I mean, at least, at least in my upbringing, people were movers, people, people had jobs, people had careers that they went off and did, and they varied from government to education to uh, public service. So I got to see a, a, a small example um, very limited, very limited though, a very limited example though of what uh, working people look like. So to come to New York and just see that with so many different types of people um, was the only culture shock for me, it was really just, you know, experiencing different cultures. Mm-hmm. So I would say Detroit, um, I still have my Midwestern sensibilities. Like I can still go home and relate to the people that I'm, that I grew up around and the environment that I grew up around, but I'm definitely judging it more. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, that is such a, like every time I go home after the first day, I'm reminded of so many reasons why I left in the first place. (laughs) Isn't that a real thing that New York, New York, uh, uh, for some reason turns every single person here into a pretentious, pretentious East coaster. I think it, and I try, I'm trying very hard to not let that happen to me as much, you know, my, my desire of keep it inside. Now don't speak it because Mm. you were once this person, you know, I think a lot of some, a lot of people, this might be the mistake of a lot of transplants that go to your LA's and your New York's that they do come home and think that they are some somehow better than what they came from. Mm-hmm. And sure, you're better than what your past is. That's that applies to everybody, but not not to be looked. It's not to be looked down upon because yes, that should just be a reminder. And you should you should also be appreciative of what you're from. So you know, I used to when when I would come when, when I first moved to New York, people would always tell me that I had an accent, and I was like, no, I don't have an accent. I don't you know I don't speak. What do you mean this accent? I speak proper. I speak proper English. Okay. But what would happen is I would go, the more I would go home and listen to my family and my friends have conversations from home, I'm like, holy shit, we do sound like that. Yeah. And there was a moment where I would get, and I had to check this about myself, I would have resentment, like, like somehow I sound less intelligent, mm. you know, or that I felt. And I was like, no, I'm intelligent. I just speak this way just because this is the, these are the people that I'm around. And I can voice and still have an intellectual conversation with someone speaking the way that I do and, and, and it being clear. Yes. So, but, but I had, there, there's, you know, you go through that when you leave home and you come back, you know, there's, there's almost a culture shock that happens from a culture that you have to be reminded to, go, Oh yeah, this is who I am. 
which is who I was, and it's still here. Oh, that's good because it, it is. Yeah, you're peeking into the past you and realizing how different you are now compared to then. Because I think it brings up so much when you do visit home of like not only just how the culture shock of the places are different, but like you're saying the the person you used to be. I think also like the way you are looked at in your hometown feels different no matter where you've gone to. Like I very specific example, but I f- sometimes forget what it's like to not constantly be around gay people. I just like it. I, I, I forget that not every single place is teeming with, you know, gays wearing tight clothes. And so I go, I was in St. Louis with my husband, like, I don't know, six months ago. And we went to a grocery store and I 100% know that the cashier, this old white guy was checking checking us out and then also like staring us down in ways that you could tell he was like looking at a dog walking its hind legs he just like could he i knew he was seeing he was clocking that we were gay people he was clocking that we were together and i felt his eyes burning through my skin and i got home and i was somewhat i was a kind of pissed because i i wasn't used to feeling that way and it was a con it was a immediate reminder of how othered i felt growing up but then also i found myself almost like taking it out a little bit on my parents in a way of just like kind of saying like can you believe this happened i come back here and i'm getting stared at in a grocery store and i had to remind myself it's not my parents fault that this happened at this grocery store but it it is almost a reminder of i'm fortunate that i do have a community or a family there that is wonderful and supportive but that doesn't take away from the difficulty of walking to a grocery store and be stared at just because i'm a, a, a gay person it was it's a lot it's a lot to unpack and it's it's i feel like that's why if you don't have a therapist when you go to visit your hometown it's good to schedule one just to make sure you have that support (laughs) absolutely and you never you never forget your you never forget your environment you know you know where you come from and sure communities change and people in that community change like the infrastructure changes you know i know going home to detroit it's not the same. It doesn't look the same. Uh, every time I come mm-hmm. home and sometimes I'm like, I forget where, what the surroundings are, how, and where, where are the places you can go and the places you can't go. Um, cause you just, you know, you don't, I, I'll never forget maybe like the first year into New York. I like was out with this, with this guy, like walking around union square and it was like at night. And so there was like a few people out, a handful, but like they were, he, he tried to, he tried to kiss me like on the street. And i pulled back and was like looking around like huh huh what you doing we in public you know the second time someone who I knew in high school I was living in Harlem so was he and we were seeing each other and we were on my stoop and he tried to he tried to kiss me in Harlem and I looked around I'm like dude you know we we in the hood he was he had been here longer than me at this point and he was like Alex look I know we are from Detroit but we're in New York no one's going to beat us up here about this. <laughs> you got to let go of that, that trauma from home. Cause it's like, yeah, I, when I, uh, when I was in college, I would go home some weekends, you know, two hours. I, I went to central. So like you drive, you drive to, uh, to Detroit, it takes two hours to visit home. So it's like, that's a cute little getaway to hang out with my homeboys. My friend went to Morehouse and my friend was a part of this clique that really got like the whole, like, the uniform, there was a whole discussion at Morehouse College. This is in Atlanta, Atlanta, Georgia, all, all, all boys, uh, private, private college. And it's historically black. So 
my friend was a part of this very tight group of friends who they all went to Morehouse, but these were, one of them was non-binary. I believe one of them, you know, everybody was like, and they were dressing up on campus in heels, wearing, wearing women's blazers and, you know, dresses and, you know, very like more and Morehouse is like black pride, like black. We are, we are raising black men. We are, these are the next doctors and lawyers. And like, these are our brothers. These are our black brothers. And then these cats get into Morehouse academics. You can't fuck with them. Right. This is supposed, this is the cream of the crop, but they're showing up presented differently. There was a lot of controversy around. They were called the plastics. That was the group, all black dudes who, you know, just kind of broke and broke, broke the barrier open for the, the larger discussion uh, surrounded around Morehouse and Spelman, the sister mm-hmm. school, Spelman College, also in Georgia, right across the street about letting trans women into the school, which I think they have now allowed. I think, I think they have like said, there will be no discrimination. Um, I think, I think trans men are now allowed to Morehouse. I'm not, for, I'm not a hundred percent certain on that news. I think the last I read, there were still discussions, but this all started from when there had always been rumors about Morehouse having like, you know, anytime there's an all boys school, there's always like, oh yeah, like so you know, it's gay dudes, gay dudes at that school, whatever. And of course that was always like a discussion, but once the like the the the, the gender once, once once the discussion of gender came up and that made its way from the white community and like came and trickled over into the black community because mm-hmm. we exist in that way as well. <laughs> um, yeah, my friend, and so one of my I say that I told that to say one of my um, friends was in that group and he would come home to visit Detroit with us, like you know, to hang out, go out to the club, go to a bar, and. He has no problem putting. He had no problem putting on a pair of thigh highs and a mink stole being as flashy as he wanted to be with like you know some tight, very tight pants. And we want to sit. And so we would go and you know get picked up. Our friend, our other friend, would come pick us up in the car. We would have to make stops to a gas station, to a liquor store, and my friend would be the first to try to hop out the car to go into the liquor store and to the gas station. And we would be like, "Yo, sit your ass in this car." We don't know who's standing out there, and we are not getting ready to get hate mm-hmm. crime. Let the cis, let the cis present in. <laughs> <laughs> We're just trying to protect you. But he was fearless, though. He would say, "I don't give a fuck. I, I got a taser in my purse. What they, what they, they, they want to, they want to try. I'm packing." He had a gun. Oh, my God. So, yeah. I mean, listen, I see both sides to it because it's like you want to protect yeah. your friend and also like not put yourself in a place of danger. But on the other side of it, it's like oh, sometimes change has to come when risks are taken. People's minds are changed based on seeing. But as someone who like. Listen, I get that, but I ain't trying to be a casualty. No, no, okay? no. I 100 <laughs> percent. And that's like, God, it's 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 bringing up so much for me because it's like it's it's it's, yeah. it's so much about, you know, sexuality and gender and like and different viewpoints of different places. But you got to be tough from, to be from Detroit, yeah. too. So, I mean, I, I as much as I wanted to protect him, I was also very understanding of it. He was just like he had he has always had a very fucking I'm going to do whatever I want. I got money. I got a good job. I got a good education. They can't fuck with me out here. I understand. Yes, we were trying to protect, but there was a piece of me every time we would do it where it'd be like, 
you know, it seems like he just wants to exist. So he should just exist confidently and don't, you know, you can just power, yeah, you can walk through that gas station. Absolutely. You can walk into the liquor store. Do you think, have you heard, you have street. you heard that Morehouse have the, have the plastics? Is it sort of a, a group that's like em, embraced and it's the controversy has passed or is it still like, <laughs> I don't, I don't think, I, I, I think they exist as a legend now. They evolved. Uh-huh. I don't think they didn't recruit any new members. <laughs> There's no, <laughs> Can you imagine no every year there's a, the, they, there should be, there, there should be. I wish every year there was a new group of plastics that rise up of like cool non-binary. They, like. I think they did. I think they did, you know, well, you, you know, as, as, as young gay men grow up relationships, uh, uh, wither away sometimes and somebody sleeps with someone, you know, I'm sure, I'm sure they were not, uh, free of that, of that <laughs> narrative. I'm sure there was always a little something going on. Um, I mean, I did hook up with one of them. So. Wow. <laughs> it was a good visit. I love. Um, so well, let me, let me, yeah. um, ask you the, the famous podcast question, which is whose fault is it that you're gay? Who do you blame? Is it, Oh, you did send me this question. Yes. Um, it's not just one person. It's a handful of people who all have something in common. <laughs> okay. They were my English teachers. Oh, this is actually, <laughs> I think, a relatable thing. My English teachers, because, you know, I've been thinking about this and I'm like, mom, you really should have known. I was giving you all the signs, you know, a boy who likes to read likes to be in other people's business. A boy who watches the news with you likes to be oh, gay men. We have to have the information. We love to be. So whenever I, and I love fiction, I love fiction books. So three little bears, Goldilocks, you know, instantly I'm hooked. I love a narrative. I love drama. I, I love watching some shit. Not, not real life drama. Well, not, not, that's not true, actually, because I was just at a bar by myself the other day getting like a salad and something to drink. And I was listening to two people reconcile after they had fallen out. And it was two gay men. And there was like there was like a group text that went awry. And it, yeah, I was getting all in. And I was like eating my food, like uh. <laughs> eavesdropping. <laughs> like, that's great. I was so, yeah, I do love a little drama. Uh, that's not mine. So English teachers... They, they 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 had a they had a hand they had a hand in the uh, in the personality you know they had a hand in any literally Shakespeare was a reality show were reality shows mm. you know Othello is my favorite Shakespearean play it's one of my favorite stories ever told because it says that men lie and women will die because of it. i learned that in the 10th grade (laughs) and i would go you know book reports nothing for me what i'm i'm dishing i'm getting to tell you what what desdemona said what desdemona said how othello was sleeping like she lied iago is a fucking Mm -hmm. liar and like literally when we would have to have discussions about these stories about uh moby dick and when we have to discuss uh, 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 what other what other what other I'm blanking right now, some the, some Invisible Man by Ralph Ellison, like I would constantly have opinions, and 
I was certainly in English, the, the, at least in English class, the student everybody was annoyed with because I was like, I read ahead of the book. Y'all need to, I was spoiling it. I would, I would, I would literally be, I was the first spoiler. You know, I wasn't saying spoiler alert. Yes. I'm ahead of you in the book. You should, you know, I don't read with my finger. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. The words jump out at me. Yes. You know? And so, you know, not, not a very friendly gay when it came to English, but in math class, you know, I'm tapping shoulders and looking over people, you know, <laughs> like, what's the answer? Because I'm not, I'm not thinking about math. I mean, yeah. I think that is, like that. wow. It's, you're, it's, it's, but straight boys love See, math. that's the thing is my, my straight <laughs> twin brother loved the math and I was the, I was the English gay. I mean, it's like, you definitely nailed English it gay. because I think I was so into fiction as well growing up. And like, for me, for me, it was magic books, like, like books, that like rolled doll books. When it, I think if you read Chronicles of Narnia, you suck dick. I think like there's, I think like there's certain <laughs> escapes that, I would take growing up based on or through fiction books. And I think like, I also loved my English teachers as well. I think like, yeah, I, I, I can tell you every single one. I can tell you each of their names. You know, I think I appreciate Mr. Mr. Small the most because he did give me Shakespeare for the whole year. And we, Mr. Small was fantastic. Um, 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 a lot of black literature, like, and that's what I was like, you know, oh, I'm edgy. I'm not only he gave, we were exposed to the, the, the prominent white authors, but he saw me and was like, you should, you should read. He gave me books to read on the side because he was like, you've already finished it. I was truly, there was no book report that I could not, unless I wasn't interested in the book. There were some books that I was like, do I really need to write about this? You know, <laughs> like, Mr. You know. Small, a true ally. Mr. Small, very much so. Uh, oh, and Miss Gibson, Miss Willie Bell Gibson. I believe that I believe my uh, seventh and eighth grade English teacher, Miss Gibson, she taught in, D- in Detroit public schools, but she's from uh, uh, somewhere in Texas or Mississippi. It's one of those two. Um, we actually we had a rough start. She 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 is responsible for what I believe to be my somewhat expansive vocabulary because she made sure that we she was VSB. We had vocabulary skill building mm-hmm. every single week. Um, so you know. I did feel like I was part of the hoity-toity hooting pull away. Okay. <laughs> I, you know, and you, you teach a gay, again, you teach gay men. What are we best words? We, we, we know we're smart. We're not, we, we, we are wordsmiths. Mm. Many of us, many of us were able to cut you and you don't even, that is shade is all about words. It's all about the placement of words. It's about word economy. Mrs. Gibson did that for me, but she, also fed the beast a little too much because when I wasn't feeling her some nights, some days, I actually, um, I feel bad about this. Like looking back that I still, I feel like I need to find, okay. So there was a, she was my homeroom teacher for seventh grade. So I, and she was also my English teacher. So I was upset with her. I think about a grade that she gave me. And I, I think I was like, I disagree obviously with her take on my book report I did not use, I use those words properly. I use it arguing. And I was complaining about this with a, another friend who probably did not give a fuck, but <laughs> complaining about it. And the door, her front door, she had two doors to her room. So there was a back door and then there was the one everybody entered through. I could be, she could hear me as we were waiting to be allowed inside. And I called her a battle axe. <laughs> a seven, imagine a seventh grade boy. <laughs> a gay seventh grade boy. But how gay? Exact? How 
get, I was like, I wonder if, and she heard me. And so of course I was, you know, confronted with it, but not, she did not tell my parents. Mm. I don't recall getting in trouble, any sort of administrative trouble about that. She did pull me aside and said, you called me a battle axe. And I forget what she said to me, but it was, I, I know I was very much so intimidated, but it, it was a lesson in like disagreeing without using sharp language like that, especially at someone way my yes. <laughs> But It's like, it's careful the things you teach your students. Cause all of a sudden they're calling you battle. I think she also just saw she, I think she also saw a potential gay cunt, which she did not want to. She, she nipped, she nipped the mean gay right out of mm. me because I, I think it was she was like, but you gave me this verbiage, <laughs> lady. Okay, <laughs> I'm using these words because I can. I, I looked them up and I'm sharing with a friend how I disagree with that grade. It didn't change my grade at all either. So I imagine <laughs> calling her a battle axe did not change your grade. And now I'm sitting. I'm sitting in her Facebook friend requests. <laughs> I'm trying to apologize for it because I don't think I ever really did. I mean, it's different when you apologize as a kid. You're just like, I'm sorry, Mrs. Gibson. It won't happen again. As an adult, looking back on that behavior, it was very bad behavior. And I just would like the opportunity. But it's also, yes, let me sit in the Facebook friend request, Mrs. Gibson. I, you know, I am friends with my uh, former teachers on Facebook, which is another gay. Like how, That's how that further affirms my theory that my English teachers, because only a gay would befriend their teachers. It's being friends with teachers, <laughs> being really into English class, and then watching the news and TV shows with your mother. I think, like, I would I would watch Sex in the City with my mom, and uh, the my family mm-hmm. had just, like, interesting boundaries. Like, they, they would never thought that was weird. But I was probably a full young teenager watching Samantha get fucked on, on HBO. And um, <laughs> I it became, like, a tradition with my mom when the new episodes would come out. And I remember I would, like, sit on my parents' bed watching the finale, the final season with my mom. And we were just like so invested. And, um, and I, I mean, I definitely think that it's a, a, a unique experience to a gay person, obviously. Yeah. Eric, I will say, um, I'll say this queer as folk, the television show is not responsible for me being gay. However, it is responsible for me believing that only white men were gay. Mm. <laughs> I, so so when I so that is why I thought something was wrong with me because I was like this seems like a white thing there are no black men on here this is physically <laughs> so impossible be gay. There, the only time there was a black dude was when there was a cop that showed up <laughs> what is up with that I mean it's so crazy like <laughs> that could be I could be lying that could be wrong <laughs> if anybody here because like unfortunately I was not a fan of Queer as Folk or I, not that I wasn't I just never watched it and I heard it was very good when that when that show came out I you know I wasn't really why I would I, I'll say this. I really wasn't watching it for the dialogue. <laughs> I was I was watching it for what I knew what was coming because I, I, I didn't that show wasn't promoted to me. Right. You just turned on the mm-hmm. television and you may have caught Queer as Folk when it was in they were in the throes of passion. So I was like, oh, but then but then here comes my mom storming out into the living room. and I got to change it back to Nickelodeon real fast. <laughs> Or wrestling, whatever the fuck I was watching. Oh, God. I remember when I was at the age where, like, all of my guy friends would be watching W... What is it? WWF? Is that, like... Is that... You know what it is. (laughs) Don't play. Don't Mariah Carey the wrestling industry, okay? You know who they are. I am not Mariah Carey. (laughs) What if I... I don't know them. I'm playing coy, but I know every (laughs) single... I mean, look, I... Mm -hmm. 
Mm. Why are you saying? Are you, were you a big fan? Because the because the get because oh I still I, well not a big fan still I dip my toe in for certain events like the Royal Rumble like your WrestleManias the big sure, events sure. you know but we're not keeping up I, I have things to do and I have bills I don't really have time to keep up with what Seth Rollins is doing but name <laughs> drop I mean it is fully it is fully theater it is fully drag it is fully camp it's, like I do come on but I and I know a lot of gays that love it still I, too. you know what. They have a big gay I do community. not want to isolate the gay, big gay the, I don't want to isolate the gay listeners that like wrestling. And I, for that, I apologize. You don't, because they'll power slam you. <laughs> <laughs> they'll take a chair from the floor and then swing it over my head. That's right. You know they think it's real. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I couldn't get behind with these wrestling shows. Is like it's like the core. It's fully it's well, yeah. fully choreography. But I'm trying to like where's the suspense of disbelief? Like what? How much of this are we supposed to believe is real? That's what I don't understand. Well, wrestling truly is for children. Mm-hmm. If that's really where we're going, it's not necessarily supposed to be marketed. It's not marketed to. It is marketed to children now more than it ever was as an industry, right? Now, but some, but there are a lot of nostalgic fans who crave. We we call sometimes I guess we call those those guys incels. Oh. You know, now the ones who really. <laughs> This is their life, and they're passionate, and they have all the collectibles. I mean, it's truly your Star Wars, you know, tiered. It, it, it's Star Star Wars guys and then wrestling fans die hard. <laughs> um, but in the grand scheme of it, you're not supposed to believe that this is real. They're really the suspense of it is just like the drama, the storyline. Um, but these people really are putting their bodies on the line. That is true. Yes. I mean, it's it's almost like the soap opera. You know? It's soap opera acting in a way. It's like you're you if you're invested in the high stakes of it all. But it's theater. It's Broadway mm. theater. <laughs> it just smells worse. <laughs> I guess I guess it was just a, a missed opportunity for me because I was just too hung up on. Mariah carrying it. Uh, well, I want to. One of my favorite things to do is with comedians that I love is I want to read off some of my the favorite things that you've tweeted or jokes of yours. That I just think it's so brilliant. Um, oh wow! I you, <laughs> the ones I haven't deleted. Yes, exactly. <laughs> one of the tweets I love so much is that when you when you read me for filth without realizing it is you said you are not straight passing. You just can't dress. <laughs> <laughs> as someone who doesn't have the best personal taste and i really do try i i never thought that i was straight passing but i um i think that the only reason someone would think i was straight is by looking at the shoes i wear i i try i prioritize support over looks and for that i get stares personally for me it is less of a dig for me because i'm like look i don't it's a dig at me too because i don't i don't assume to be a fashionista by any any measure, okay? Earlier, what what was the what was my first point of reference? Forever Twenty One. <laughs> Why I can recognize that music and, and and related to the music in my in my in my home is because I frequent that store. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm no one's. I have no. Don't consider me a connoisseur. You know, this is me spitting at the mirror. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> if you can call it that. <laughs> um, but you know, it's a. I get a little irritated at any sort of new cliche. Okay. And right now it's straight passing. Like people do this thing where they're like, Oh, uh, men will say, you know, I know I'm straight passing because it like, no, you know, you're not, you're not people there. People are aware. People are, you know, sure. There is a, there is a um, gray area in, in personality 
and, and in the way you carry yourself. I look at that also. You know, anybody can be gay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I strip. I, I you know how many men out here in fucking boot cut shorts, boot cut shorts. Now that's a phenomenon. I didn't mean I flubbed that, but boot cut shorts. Could you imagine? <laughs> boot cut jeans and um and um their favorite sports team with a hoodie a hoodie that's twelve times the size too big with a uh, with a with a foliage baseball cap. You know you know how many of those guys are out here tapping their foot in the bathroom stalls. <laughs> And I count that. <laughs> so, so, you know, they don't, they don't, they don't all look like businessmen. Uh. So I'll say that much. So it's just not, you know, to me, there's no such thing as a straight passing, you know, any, anytime someone takes passing, cause passing usually means like a light skinned person who is of color that could be passed, that could pass mm. for white, which is just not the same thing that those are not the same things <laughs> when we're talking, you know, yeah, I just, I just, I, I've never gotten with the whole straight passing thing. Also, because people have tried to call me that before. And I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> I wouldn't identify that as well. You can look at me and, and come up with that, whatever you like. But I know that that is not how I would ever call my, I would never call yes, myself. I also, I think that was like, <laughs> I didn't realize that until I was embarrassingly late in life. I was like, oh, wait a minute. Literally any single person I look at could be gay. Like, I. Uh, and it's the pride that some take with saying, mm-hmm. you know, that I'm straight passing. Those are the people I'm talking to. <laughs> yeah, if you're proud of the fact that people don't think you're gay, then we've got bigger fish to fry. What? Exactly. Exactly. Like, relax. There's so relax. much. Go to therapy. Yeah, exactly. There's talk so much. About talk that. about, like, going to your, <laughs> your hometowns that you never know gay people, like, and try to just, like, not put your own issues on everyone else, trying to be convinced exactly. that you don't sleep with men. It's... <laughs> um oh i do one of my one of your jokes i love so much is talking about megan marco you, you you're saying like you're so overhearing about her do you know how many rich white families i have infiltrated and dismantled <laughs> you're not the only one that's right i um that's right i mean it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before about like obviously having types and your, your equal opportunity you 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 date all over but um mm. what do you is that a real story from like from uh, creating drama within within families of people you've dated yeah i mean it's just like you know with the white the few white men that i've like encountered in you know in romantic situations you know i meet a sister or a, or a, a you know or even like a group of their friends and they all belong there in a certain class you know and i kind of finagle i really do think i finagle my, i feel like a spy every time i do that because there's no way that i would ever be in these environment in these environments socially by choice mm. you know i would never or even by there's no i have no i have no sort of proximity to like the hedge fund wall street you know midtown manhattan oh, like yeah. white community but only when i log into the apps and we and i'm at have ch- by chance match with one of them you know and some would call that you know committing violence against myself but i call it enjoying reparations because <laughs> i'm not paying for nothing <laughs> people people need to listen people need to find that we're not we're never going to get it we're never going to get it not at least in my lifetime i feel so i'm getting it while i can now some of these are romantic and like you know actual genuine feelings and actual dating situations i'm not a monster but then others 
I'm just here for the for the conversations. Yeah, let's talk. I'm I'm, I'm listening for like tax tax write off discussions and and and. and we're getting ready to like close on this on this home type of stuff. I'm like I, these are conversations. I'm just like, oh, this is what I thought white people talk about when we're not around. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Maybe you know, I'm just, I just want to be in the be in the room a little bit, you know. So I've enjoyed it, but you know, I've I've, I've met I've met a, a, a family like a, a, a one of the white guys that I was hooking up with. His uh, his brother and his sister came through, introduced me, to the, and they were both like. <laughs> Cause he didn't say he, he was just as adventurous with, he didn't, he didn't tell, he's like, he's like, I didn't tell them that you were black. And I was like, okay, <laughs> I don't care. This is going to be great. Cause Alex is a very, my mother did a great job. Alex English looks great on I paper. mean, people, people <laughs> wish they had a name like Alex English, any person. I, that it's like, also the names I'm hearing, like Alex English, then Mr. Sh- Mr. Small, you said. Mr. Small, Cedric. it's like yes. these names are Small. these names are like <laughs> names you can't write. They're just so good. Well, my mother always said she she gave me my name because she wanted me to be able to get a job in life. But she, I don't think she anticipated that I was going to use it to infiltrate white families. <laughs> <laughs> Which is, you know, somewhat the same. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think. <laughs> oh my god, that's so good. So then. With the excitement you have going on, I mean, I just want to like build you up for a second. Like, the, if for listeners who haven't watched Alex's Comedy Central um, special that's on right now, I'm going to link it in the description. It's so funny, but also even new sketch show coming out. That's the that's called That Damn Michael Che. It's on HBO Max. May uh, tell me, like, what? So, what is that show going to be like? I believe it's going, I haven't seen a second of it. I haven't watched anything. I haven't got anything. So I'm going to be watching it with everybody else. But according to some friends of mine who do work there, I've been told that I do quote, am looking very funny on there. So a couple, it's two under fives for me, not very big roles, but it's fun. I'm appreciative of even t- the chance to be working at this time. Hell because yeah. It was looking bleak for a second. Look, I, I, it's like it's such a it's such a crazy the, time, but yeah, yeah. But the show the show is really going to be funny. Che, I mean, anybody who's a fan of Che's knows that he's going to be insane. Okay, he's gonna he's going to go off. He's going to be grumpy and irreverent in all of the best ways. I will say, um, without even spoiling it, I feel like I'm going to get a lot of women. And um and other and other fellow queer men, particularly of color, I think I'm going to be draw the ire of a lot of them out of jealousy oh. because I am in a scene with someone that let's just say gets thirst thirsted after, lusted for frequently, especially lately. Oh my god, this is such a good tease out. I am prepared I am prepared to I am prepared to draw the ire of a lot of women and queer men who are like you got to be in the you shared particles <gasps> during COVID <laughs> with this person. <laughs> no, 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 not romantically. There, there was, there was no kissing scene or anything like that. But in the orbit, in the, in the, I could, I could touch the shoulder. Uh, oh my god, I'm dying to. I and I did a really good job of really keeping, you know, my uh, hiding my butt, my boner. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say like having a normal conversation. Uh, That's good acting. Yeah. (laughs) That was acting. Um, 
Well, listen, I truly, that tease about this, this, this sketch comedy show that's on HBO Max May 6th, I truly think that is a very good way. Uh, uh, we're so thirsty these days that I find any, any way to see someone I know around a gorgeous uh, person as, as something that I look forward to. When I saw this name on the call sheet, I was like, oh, I called, I think I called my auntie and I was like, bitch. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> so are you on like strict, strict guidelines that you can't say who it is? I cannot reveal but but you, that's why you gotta watch See? six episodes. You can sit back six episodes, May six, six episodes. You can speed through that, and it's funny. So you not it's gonna time is gonna fly oh, 100%. by. Sure. Well, um, listen, listen, yeah. Alex. I have to say that it's such a pleasure to chat with you. Before we say goodbye, is there anything else you want to plug? Anything else to look forward to, or where should we find you on on social media? Um, on Instagram and Twitter, it is Alex English. You spell English with an three with the three instead of an E and uh, yeah, just watch this set on comedy central with Alana Glazer. Thankful to her for putting us, putting us on that, taking me off of unemployment for a week, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And that's what really I love. Weird. I'm getting back out into the comedy world. I'll be, you know, going on the road soon, doing more stand up. excited about that. Most of all, um, and that's really cool. Yeah, but you can find me online there and I post where I am. And hopefully I'll be in a town near you. Yes. Well, Alex, thank you so much for coming on That's a Gay Ass Podcast. Thank it's you for having me. It's such a pleasure, truly. Thanks for listening to That's a Gay Ass Podcast. So happy you're here. Make sure you follow the Instagram at Gay Ass Podcast and follow me at Eric Wills, E-R-I-C-W-I-L-L-Z. We have some excitement coming up with some actual events to attend. So stay tuned for that information. And please follow our guest, Alex English, linked in the show notes. I'm really excited for our upcoming guests. So come back and tell your friends. Bye. softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, 
Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 